Welcome to Choice Classic Radio. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and help keep this show alive by donating at choiceclassicradio.com. For more of your favorite old-time radio shows, join us on our companion podcast, Choice Classic Radio Detectives, where we bring to you tales from the greatest detective shows the golden age of radio had to offer. And now, with 946 episodes broadcast on CBS Radio from 1940 to 1962, we bring to you Suspense. The Man in Black. Here again to introduce Columbia's program, Suspense. Our distinguished star this evening is that delightful gentleman, Mr. Roland Young, playing as author of detective novels, who invented his best plot when his life was at stake. With Mr. Young to play his long-suffering secretary is Miss Peggy Conklin. A story by John Dixon Carr, in a somewhat lighter mood than is our habit, and called... The customer's light murder is tonight's tale of suspense. If you've been with us on these Tuesday nights, you will know that suspense is compounded of mystery and suspicion and dangerous adventure. In this series are tales calculated to intrigue you, to stir your nerves, to offer you a precarious situation, and then withhold the solution until the last possible moment. And so with the customer's light murder the performance of Roland Young, we again hope to keep you in On a hot summer night in a village on the east coast of England, a famous writer of detective stories is dictating to his secretary. You have all heard of Mr. Gerald Hawkstone, celebrated author of Murder on the Roadside. At the night at the Admiralty, who shot the Prime Minister, and other thrillers which have held us past the midnight hour. You have followed the exploits of Henderson Coon, diplomat detective. Gerald Hopstone lives quietly at the field, with his friend Dr. Roberts nearby, in case he should need medical knowledge. And his pretty, if somewhat first Canadian secretary, Miss Patricia Phillips. Gerald Hopstone would be a happy man, even in wartime. You got all that, Miss Phillips? Yes, Mr. Hopstone. Good. New paragraph? Yes, Mr. Hopstone. As the head of the great banqueting table, comma, the Lord Chief Justice staggered to his feet, close up. His face was a ghastly whitish color, and his eyes had become glassy. Is he drunk, Mr. Hopstone? No, Miss Phillips. The Lord Chief Justice is not drunk. Sounds pretty cockeyed to me. For your information, Miss Phillips, the Lord Chief Justice has just been poisoned with curare. Because he discovered the identity of the master criminal. Is that clear? Yes, Mr. Hawkstone. But I wish you wouldn't do it. Do what? Well, in the last four books, Mr. Hawkstone, you have shot the Prime Minister, killed the Lord Chancellor with an axe, poisoned the Home Secretary, and blown up the First Lord of the Admiralty. Why don't you stop picking on the poor government and murder somebody else for a change? The Lord Chancellor, Miss Phillips, was not murdered with an axe. No, Mr. Hawkstone? Definitely no. He was beamed with the great seal and found dead on the wool sack. And there's another thing, Miss Phillips. 
Well, do you talk like this because of a dense vacuum in what we will charitably call your mind? Yes. Okay. Or whether you are really making out what you might define as fast tracks, I don't know. But I don't want any more of it, do you hear? Just as you please, Mr. Hawkins. I, I... Oh, Lord, where was I? His face was a ghastly whitish color, and his eyes had become glassy. Sounds like me. All right. A single choking cry escaped his lips. Comma. And his body crumpled to the floor. Full stop. New paragraph. With one quick stride, Pendleton King had reached the fallen man. Mm-mm. He can't have done that, Mr. Hawkstone. Who can't have done what? Pendleton King. What about him? Well, on the last page, you had him sitting at the foot of the table. So he can't get there in one stride. Unless you want him to sail across the room like a kangaroo. There are times, Miss Phillips, when I should like to poison you with curare and dance on your grave. <sighs> I was only trying to help. All right, change it, change it, strike it out. With hardly a second's delay, how's that, Summer? Pendleton King had reached the fallen man. Full stop. New paragraph. Quote. I feared it, Comma. Close quote. He muttered. Full stop. Quote. Note the rigidity of the muscles. Exclamation point. Note the characteristic odor of curare, which. Mm, that won't do, Mr. Hawkstone. Why not? Curare hasn't got any odor. Now, there, Miss Phillips, you've really gone too far. But I can't help that. It's true. If you will permit the small vanity, I am noted for the correctness of my medical knowledge. Who is murdering the Lord Chief Justice, you or I? You are. But you might murder him properly. Ferrari hasn't got any odor. I say it has. And I say it hasn't. Listen, Miss Phillips. I propose to settle this rather childish dispute by going next door and asking Dr. Roberts. Will that convince you? Ferrari hasn't got any odor. Anyway, the Lord Chief Justice wouldn't be mixed up in any such silliness as this. Silliness, eh? Yes, I said silliness. Read your evening paper. The Lord Chief Justice is sentencing some American gangster who got involved in a robbery over here. That's the sort of thing he really does. You're very fond of these gangster reports, aren't you? Yes, I am, because they're real. Real? Ha! Don't you say ha to me. Merely remarking, Miss Phillips, with your usual ingenuity, you sidetrack the argument. I am going to see Dr. Roberts. That's not necessary, of course. My own knowledge of poisons is as great as that of any doctor. Doctor. And finally, kindly don't say far to me, either. When I return, Mr. Lips, I hope to find you in a better frame of mind. Please observe that I, at least, have been able to keep my temper. Excuse me. All right. Go on. See if I care. I run along. 
I promised Mrs. Anderson I'd drop in there. It's her neuralgia again, and I'm terribly late already. Don't let me detain you, Mrs. Roberts, so go right ahead. I'm afraid you'll have to wait in George's consulting room. I've got most of the house dark so I could keep the windows open. You know which room it is? Yes. Yes, yes, I could, I could find it blindfolded. Oh, uh, and I wonder if you'd take the medicine case and stethoscope and drop them in the consulting room. George is so careless, he lets them lie about anywhere. Medicine case? Stethoscope, yes. As a matter of fact, I've always wanted to hang one of these things on my neck like this. <laughs> <laughs> Look almost like a doctor, don't I? Good night, Mrs. Roberts. Good night, Mr. Hawkstone. See you later. Uh, so what I write is silliness, eh? And I don't know anything about poison. And I call her Miss Phillips instead of Patricia. Ah, here we are. Now, where's that light switch? Good Lord. Come on, Ed, Doc. Close the door. Who the deuce are you? You want to keep healthy, Doc? Just do what you're told. Come in and close the door. Is that by any chance a revolver you're pointing at me? Ain't no cigarette case. I'm warning you. Hang. I've done it a thousand times in stories, but I never saw it. Don't drop that junk you're carrying, either. You're going to need it, Doc, when you come along with me. Come along with you? Where? Just to see a guy, that's all. To see a... Oh, wait a minute. You don't think I'm the doctor? Now, look, Doc. I ain't got any time for gags, see? The boss says to bring you, so I bring you. There'll be a very sick man out there if you don't go. Yes, there'll be a very dead man out there if I do go. I tell you, old man, you're making a terrible mistake. Now, look, Doc. My name is Hawkstone. I live next door. I'm not a medical man, and I never... Somebody's coming. Philip. Now then, Dr. Hawkstone, just look here in the encyclopedia. So you like the doctor, huh? That's done it. Just a real old-fashioned kidder, ain't you? Oh! Now, you keep quiet, lady. You know, it's good for you. I know you. I've seen your picture. You're a big, Louie Miller. Smart man, you got here, Doc. I... Listen, Mr. Hawkstone. Take it easy, Mrs. Big Louie Miller and Slaps Kelly. Slaps Kelly is the gang leader. We were supposed to be friends of this gang student on trial in London now. But I hadn't heard they were in England. No, lady. Neither has anybody else. No, Will Forrest. Who is this same doc, you nice? No, she's my secretary. She doesn't know anything about this. She seems to know too much about it, if you ask me. Come on, lady. Get going with it. Going? Where? Just for a little ride, lady. Just for a little ride. <laughs> where pools of stagnant water gleam under the moon, stands the old Rutherford house. It is a desolate place, and the track of field marshal Goering's bombers when they cross the coastline. But there are no searchlights here, and no guns. Only the heat on the glimmering marshes, and the decaying weather-boarded house as a motor car Right spread ahead, Doc. Right around at the back of the house. Remember, I still got this rod against the back of your neck. As a matter of fact, Louie, I'm rather enjoying this. All except the murder. What murder? We ain't gonna bump anybody off. Maybe, maybe, maybe not you, old boy, but I am. Just wait till I get at your patience. I don't see how you can joke about this. I'm not joking, Miss Phillips. If Louie won't tell us what's wrong with the patient. Whenever you mind the patient, Doc, you just drive around here. Here, whoa. So, right here. Oh. So this is the enchanted castle, eh? Climb out of here. Walk ahead of me over to that house. Come on, Mr. Lip. That's right, lady. You too. Come on. Hey, hold on, Doc. Grab a can of this cleaning fluid here. You can help me carry it in. Cleaning fluid? Yeah, there's two cans of it. If I can carry one, then... 
I need my other half of this ride. Come on, come on, we ain't got all night. Get it out of the back deck. Professionally, this is a little out of my line of duty. What do you want with the cleaning fluid? The boss's suit. Get all messed up so I clean them for him. I play nice maid and everything around here. Come on now, straight ahead. Stop asking questions. If you got this place blacked out, Louis, if the police don't get you, the air raid warden will. Forget it, Doc. We got this place so sealed up, you can hardly breathe inside. In here? That's right, lady. Go ahead. I'll close the door. I can't see you, boy. Which way? Here. Set that can down and follow me. You're too, lady. Ah, right here with a curtain hanging over the door. Now, I want you to meet the boss. So I open the curtain like this. Howdy, Doc. Come right in. That's here. I've been expecting you. Glad to see you, old man. I imagine you're the celebrated Mr. Kelly. That's me, Doc. Glad, Kelly, to you. Glad to see you taking this nice and friendly. Louis, what's the idea of bringing in the dame? I couldn't help it, boy. Oh. She says nice. She, she was with him. And she knew who I was. She did, eh? I don't know anything. All I want to do is to go home. Ah, that's all right, sister. She'll go home all nice and friendly. As soon as I've had a little talk with the doctor. A talk about what? Well, we're not what you might call comfortable here, Doc. Well, we've got flashlights, canned food, plenty of liquor, portable radio that works on a battery. So we managed to get along. You know what I mean? I said to talk about what? Well, that's it. That's what I'm going to tell you. They pulled a snatch, see? You pulled a snatch? That's right, sister. You speak English. May I ask who was snatched? Well, I'll tell you, Doc, because it'll have you a big laugh. The guy we snatched was the big chap you call the Lord Chief Justice. You snatched the Lord Chief Justice? We sure did, Doc, and his clerk, too. They're in the room right over there. Such a trap, Louis. I didn't mean nothing, boys. I was only trying to... hear me say such a trap? Okay. But look here. What, what was the idea behind this snatch? Well, I'll tell you, Doc. We got a pal, see? Well? Dominic Ferrelli, his name is. He's up on a grand larceny rap, and Ferrelli don't like blimey jail. He don't like him at all. Besides, the dirty little rat owes me 14 G. So what do we do? That's the Lord Chief Justice, apparently. But why? Because the mouthpiece back home tells me long ago that a man can't be sentenced except for the judge that tried him. And the Lord Chief Justice is a judge who tried Dominic Ferrelli, is that it? That's right, Doc. But it ain't the main thing. This Chief Justice is a pretty important guy, see? So what do we do? We write to the cops and say, now look. You got the old bird in a place where you'll never find him, and if you want to keep things nice and friendly, just bring Dominic Ferrelli. Bring him? Turn him loose. Sure. Bring Ferrelli, and you'll get the old judge back in one piece. If you don't do it, you'll get him back with his head as full of holes as a Swiss cheese. And we're not kidding. This is horrible. I can't stand it. Take it easy, sister. Take it easy. You know, Slab, I admire you tremendously. You do, Doc. Why? Because you've invented a crazier idea than I ever did. Just what do you mean by that track, Doc? You don't honestly think the government will make a bargain with you. I sort of think they will, Doc. I sort of think they will. But what if they don't? It would be just too bad for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Why wouldn't I like to give that judge a going over? <laughs> Louis got a sort of a sort of a grudge against the old guy, Doc. Why wouldn't you have? Louis temperamental, see? He gets bored. He... So he says to the old guy at his clerk, he says, can you play poker? Yes, sir. Sure. So they play poker from six in the evening to five in the morning. <laughs> what do you know? 
If the old judge don't win, all Louis though. They rung in a cold back on me. That's how they've done it. They're a couple of crooks. Are you accusing the Lord Chief Justice of playing poker with Mark Todd? He won my daughter. Not that, Louis. Okay, boy. How did I blame Louis much? The things I've had to take from that judge. Well, that's where you come in, Doc. I was just wondering about that. Which of one of them is... Uh... Hurt? Nobody hurt. Not yet. Then what the devil do you want with me? I want them kept quiet so they don't keep trying to escape. <clears throat> we can't get tough with them, not until I get Pirelli in my 14 G's. And I want you to give them a hypodermic or something that'll keep them out cold for two days. Can you do that? Why, yes, I, uh, I don't know. I, I suppose I could. Uh... <laughs> now, what do you use to dope them? Well, under the circumstances, and uh, considering all the um, factors involved, I think I should use, uh, I should use morphine. Have you got any morphine in that black satchel? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Plenty of morphine, huh? I always go about equipped for these little emergencies. Well, then open the satchel. Come on, open it. Uh, well, there you are. Dozens of little bottles, anyway. Now then, Doc, which one of them bottles is the one that has the morphine in it? I, the... The fact is, Slats, Come I on, come on. on. Which one is it? Listen, boss. Louie, how many times do I have to tell you to shut up? Yeah, but it's the midnight news. The news on the radio. You said you wanted to hear it. That's after midnight now. Why didn't you tell me? It's all right, boss. I switched the radio on. Well, keep quiet, all of you. Up a second now, you're going to hear some mighty sweet news. I wonder. So do I. Quiet. Yes. That's us, ain't it? The Quiet. stated Superintendent Hadley of the CID seemed to entertain a belief that no sentence can be passed on a criminal except by the judge who tried him. Whatever may be the law in certain American states, this is not the case here. Dominic Forelli, alias Dominic Stevens, was today sentenced by Mr. Justice Stoneman to 14 years hard labor and this evening at a Dartmoor prison. Talks out of turn, and they feed him some white stuff called uh, 
strychnine? Oh, yeah. And sit around and light cigarettes and watch him die. It took four hours, Doc, and you could hear the rats screaming as far as 81st Street. Now, wait a minute. Is that you, Carl? I can't. I will see. You got any of that white stuff, Doc? Well, I... Come on. I, 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 I don't know. something in that I... bag that'll make the old guy squeal now, haven't you? Why, yes, I, I suppose well, I listen, have, but... Listen, uh... get this sure. You can do it the hard way, Doc, or you can do it the easy way. Louis gets to work on you. Maybe you'd be smarter to hand the stuff over right now. What do you say? I, uh... What? <laughs> What's the matter, Seth? Trouble by the heat? It is hot in here with all the windows sealed up. That sounds like planes. It is planes. British planes going over to put the heat on Germany? No such luck, old boy. German planes coming to bomb us. About, uh... About a dozen Heinkels flying 20,000 feet up. Mm-hmm. They keen here, Miss Phillips. Say, I'd say not over 15. That's the first wave, Seth. There'll be another wave in a minute or two. But you needn't be alarmed. They're going somewhere else. They only... Louisa! Well, how do you spot them under the table already? Only a little visiting card set and fully a quarter of a mile away. Put out that light. Pull that trick back off the window. Yeah, that's right. See what you can see. Okay. Do it like any other glass. All right, all right. It's just there, thanks. It's black as pitch. Oh, look over there. Well, what is it? It's a light, boy. Funny kind of a white light. Up there over the tree. It's not very steady. It starts and then... Only a basket of incendiary bombs, Louis. Incendiary, eh? Okay. You got an idea? Louis, this is just what we've been waiting for. Those trap and yard cars are going to get held up until we can settle things with those guys in the yeah. other room. Come along with me. Why don't you two lugs get smart? Yeah. What's that? You don't want to have your neck cracked on a rope, do you? Or burn in the electric chair back what home? What are you getting at? Why not take advice from somebody who's been killing people in a professional way for 15 years? I'm not in the mood for gags, Doc, but keep on talking. This Lord Chief Justice and his clerk, what do they look like? Well, the judge is a little guy with a bald head like me. And the other one is a big guy with a punch-drunk pan like Louie. Why? I thought so. I've seen that photograph. When the next wave of planes comes over, and it will, why shouldn't an incendiary bomb hit this house? You mean you think I ain't too safe, sir? Be quiet, Louis. Go ahead, Doc. In other words, you leave the Lord Chief Justice in his clock tied up in the other room. Then all you have to do is to set fire to the place. Justice seated, Mellington gangsters die and blaze. Harry Hawkstone, have you gone crazy? They may catch you eventually, yes. But it'll give you a few days' start. Hey, maybe you got something there, Doc. And it's got to look good. This house must go up like a piece of paper in a furnace. Past any possibility of being put out. Yeah, and that's the catch. Why so? Uh, this house is in the middle of a swamp, see? It's as damp as your own climate. You couldn't make it burn with a blowtorch. Oh, yes, you could. Aren't you forgetting the cleaning fluid? Cleaning fluid? In that other room, you've got two gallons of cleaning fluid. That's benzene, the derivative of petrol. Soak every inch of the floor of that room with it, every inch of it, mind, and the place will go up like tinder. It's worth a try, Louis. Turn on your flashlight. Okay, boss. And, uh, what about you too, Doc? Afterwards? For accessories, aren't we? Are we likely to talk? Better put a couple of slugs in them, boss. Drop them on the road. What's one or two more bumps in a spot like this? Maybe you're right at that. Well, anyway, Doc, thanks for a swell idea. You heard what the doctor and Louis get going to that cleaning stuff. Both of you had better do it. I'm warning you. Oh, why? Hear that? Because there isn't much time. Here they come. You can't have a fire start after the last wave of planes have gone over. Well, maybe you got something there, too. But I'll just take a little precaution first. What are you going to do? These are handcuffs, sister. 
Two of the neatest pair of cuffs we ever swiped off a dumb cop. Well, just lock your arms around the back of the chair, like this. And the doc's arms around the back of his chair, like this. And we'll get going. Come on, Louis, through the curtain. Okay, I'm coming, boss. Bye-bye, Mr. Hawkstone, on your lighty fun. Be saying you're in a funny papers. Going to morgue. <laughs> Crazy. Many thanks, my dear, for the qualification. You're right. They have such a place of benzene. And if they strike a match before... I know, I know you, you've got some kind of a scheme, but do you think it'll work? I don't know, my dear. I thought of it once for a story. Oh, you and your story. Me and my stories, as Louis would put it, may save our hides, yes. But suppose it doesn't work. Then we're done for. What are you trying to do? There's a place you missed, boy. Listen. It's not working. But, but it's got to work. What's got to work? Four, no, five minutes. Let's see, at least that. They've, they've been pulling out that benzene an inch at a time all over the... What's that? What's the matter? What's the matter, you big one? Can you stand up? It's working, Patricia. I think our friends are licked. No. No, they're not. Flaps is coming back. What? What the heck are you... Trying to pull that? What's the matter with the way? What's the matter with me? You've lost the game, Flaps. You're finished. It's the benzene fumes, old man. To pour out all cleaning fluid in an airtight room like that one is practically certain death. You know, Slats, you ought to learn more about crime. <laughs> no, you won't, Slats. You can't reach your gun. The fumes have got you. You can't move your arms or legs. Your eyesight's going. In one second more, you'll be... Got him. Dead to the world. Mm-hmm. It works, Patricia. It's practical. It works. Are you trying to tell me that you killed those two men? Not necessarily. Listen. That sounds like cars. Probably police cars. We're just about to be sensationally rescued, just like fiction. Jerry. Jerry. Come on in and get us, you lug. Don't talk like Louie or we'll get a bullet through the head yet. Yes, that is a thought. We're prisoners. We're victims. This way, please. Sergeant, and I was never so glad to see a uniform in my life. Here now, here now. What's going on in this place? Louis Miller knocked out in that room? And blimey, if it's not Slats, Kelly knocked out in this room. Just a couple of mugs I polished off, Sergeant, all in the day's work. You mean they're dead? They'll be all right if you drag them out in the open air. Oh, you, I recognize you. You're the writer who was kidnapped tonight. Yes, and you'll find the other snatches in that room. But first of all, have you got a key that'll unlock regulation police handcuffs? I certainly have, sir, and I'll get you loose in the jiffy. Never mind me, Sergeant. Never mind my handcuffs. Get this lady free. She's the one I'm concerned about. You know, that's awfully kind of you. It's something practically chivalrous. Chivalry, my eye. There you are, young lady. Have you got your notebook and pencil in that handbag? You don't want me to take the case now. A true artist, madam, takes no account of time or place. Are you ready? Yes, Mr. Hoxton. Well, you admit now that my plot is practical. Yes, Mr. Hawkstone. Now then, the income tax murder by Gerald Hawkstone, Chapter 1. So, Mr. Hawkstone. Just as Big Ben was striking midnight, a hooded face looked into the window of the luxurious study occupied by the Chancellor of the Exchequer. Full stop. The hooded figure chuckled as it softly lowered inside the window a large tin of cleaning fluid. New paragraph. 
The Chancellor himself was hard at work devising a new scale of income tax. But Mr. Hawkstone, that's a completely different story. I thought you were going to murder the Lord Chief Justice. And to any professional taste, how can I murder the Lord Chief Justice? I just saved his life. Tonight's tale of suspense. This is your narrator, the man in black, who conveys to you Columbia's invitation to spend this half hour in suspense with us again next Tuesday, same time, when our story will be The Dead Sleep Lightly. William Spear, the producer, John Deese, the director, Bernard Herman, the composer-conductor, and John Dixon Carr, the author, elaborated on tonight's suspense. That concludes today's episode. We'd like to thank you and remind you to donate at choiceclassicradio.com. Remember, your donations make episodes like this possible.